the truth is what sets us free. And, and so, so as we're going on this journey this morning, I want to encourage you to start asking the Spirit of God, give me the truth. Tell me the truth. Like, th- that is, the Spirit is called the Spirit of truth, right? There's such a connection between the Holy Spirit and truth. And I feel when we get in this place where we're asking God not just to help us, help us and give us truth, that's when we're going to grow and mature. That's where we're going to be the church that God has called us to be in this city. So I, um, when I was growing up as a kid, I, uh, I was really close with my cousins. And every summer, we would go um, with my grandma, and we do all these fun things. So I grew up in um, the Shenandoah Valley, beautiful mountains. And there's, there's lots of horses, um, horseback riding. So one day, me and my cousins, we go to my grandmother, and we're like, hey, we want to do something fun. Like, what do you think we should do? And my grandma was like, hey, I looked up on the Internet. My grandma loved the Internet. And uh, it, she was pretty good at it, too. She would email me late at night. You know those type of grandma emails? Like, forward you. Like, it's all in capitals. And it's like, if you don't respond now, your life's going to end. Like, anyway, I typically... I said, thank you, Grandma. It's 12 o'clock. Go to bed, please. Um, but anyway, my grandma looked on the internet and found this horse farm. He said, let's go to the horse farm. So he said, oh, that sounds awesome. We're going to go horseback riding. None of us have ever been horseback riding before. We show up at the farm, and I still remember the, the owner, the lady, her name was Laura, and she comes and she introduces us to the horses and said, we're going to take you out. It's going to be so great. And we're probably, I'm like maybe 8 or 10 years old, and we're like so stoked, never done it before. So we hop on these horses, and we're going out through the woods, and I'm a chatty kid. I mean, I'm pretty chatty now, if you can imagine, as an 8 or 10-year-old. I'm just talking it up. So I'm like, Laura, like, you know, what, what's your life like? Like, what do you like to eat? Like, you know, how, uh, do you, are you dating anybody? Like, I, you know, I'm just talking to her. And she's ignoring every single thing I said. Like, she's just not talking, not responding. And we get to riding, and this continues. So we're, we're out, you know, in the woods, and our horses start, like, getting their own, having their own desires, right, that are separate from our desires. So, oh, here's, like, an apple tree. I'm going to go over here. Or, oh, like, here's a mud pile. I'm going to go and, like, you know, chomp around in that. And, and literally, she's not telling us anything or giving us any instruction. My, my cousin Sandy's like, off in the woods. Like, I can't even see her, like, riding on some white horse, like, eating, you know, whatever the horse wanted to eat. And I, like, my horse just loved to run, which, you know, my name's Colt, and I, I like to run, too. Maybe it was prophetic. Um, but my horse just starts running and won't stop. And I'm like, Laura, Laura, how do I stop this horse? And she literally just ha- is not present, right? She's just like, maybe I ask her too many questions. She's, like, zoned out. And my horse just keeps running. And meanwhile, have you ever seen Monty Python? It's like my, the saddle wasn't on properly, so I'm going on the side. Like, I'm riding like this, right, with the trees coming at my head. And it is terrifying. I'm eight years old. I'm like, get me off this horse, please, dear God, please help. Um, so anyway, we, we end, we, we finally get back to the house, and my grandma's like, how was it? And we're like, don't search, don't search for horse farms on the internet, grandma. Please get a reference next time. So it was terrible, um, but uh, we, we won't forget it. But I thought of this analogy because, you know, in our, in our society, in our, in our day and age, um, and probably through human history, there's this, there's this lie that we are supposed to just follow our desires. 
We're supposed to do what we're passionate about. We're supposed to be who, what we, what we have a, um, an inkling for, a desire for, a passion for. Be that. Do that. That's who you are. That's what you're made to do. If you burn for it, then go for it. Like, and, and to me, that is, that's just what these horses were doing. Like, and these horses, and for me, represent just those passions and desires that we have that some may be good, some are definitely not good, but if we don't have a guide, if you don't have a person that is directing you or that's teaching you how to manage this horse, manage these passions, know, you know, what's good, what's bad, you end up all over the place. You end up, you know, like me, under my saddle. <laughs> you, you end up in this place of utter confusion. And that's, that's my burden for my generation, is this confusion that is on, it's on my generation, and it's, and it's inside and outside of the church. And the Lord, he's putting an end to all that. He's putting an end to it. He's raising up a generation that knows truth because we know our Father, and we're going to go to our Father. So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, and I think there's a lot of ideologies and things out there that are weighing for our attention that are telling us who we are. You know, I can just even think of, some, they're not all bad either, to be frank. Like, they're not all bad choices. So I can think of when I was in college, I was uh, I was, I was really into psychology, and I wanted to study it. And I go to my guidance counselor at college, right? It's funny, they call it the guidance counselor. And I'm like, hey, like, I'm really passionate about psychology. I don't know what major to do. I'm thinking maybe psychology. She's like, don't do that. You won't make any money. Like, why are you going to do that? You're just going to, you know, be a social worker and not get paid enough money. You won't be happy. And literally, that was the advice she gave me. That was it. Like, she didn't ask me, like, what what I thought or like, she, she, she assumed that, oh, he'll want security and safety and money, and this is the path he should go. So not, it wasn't mean advice, but it was bad advice. It, it, it was well-meaning, but it was, it was poor. And, and I think sometimes it's obvious sometimes to pick out bad advice, but sometimes we're led to make choices that seem good, but they're not God's choice for us. And it's why he has to be in the driver's seat. He has to be the one that we're seeking. He has to be the one that we're after, that we're in pursuit of. And it's a daily type of pursuit. So I want to go, um, actually, before I go there. So truth is objective. There is a real objective truth to life. It, it's not just, it's beyond your emotions or your feelings or what, you, or what you think. Like there is a real truth that God has established. And, and we can know it by his spirit through the word. We can discern it. It's actually discernible, right? Because you can say there's a real truth, but if you can't actually discern it, then it doesn't really impact you, right? It seems so distant. But there's a real truth um, that exists. And... I was looking up these um, just different uh, studies, and one of the studies that I found 
was there's a there's American belief system right now um, that what's right and wrong, what's truth, what's moral, that they're situational, that they're subjective, or they're up to a personal interpretation. Right? So so I want to read that again. There's there's belief that that what's right and what's wrong, what's truth, what's moral is situational, subjective, or up for personal interpretation. This is a dangerous notion. It's a dangerous thing, and it, it weaves so much into our lives that we don't even think about it. We don't even ponder it. And we hear statements like, well, my truth or your truth, those type of statements imply, right, that there's not the truth, right? They imply that what's good for you is good for you, and this is good for me. And I think those are said, perhaps, out of respect. They're not trying to overstep somebody else's value system, but they're ultimately destructive because they're, they're not leading people towards real truth and real freedom and real life, right? That's why they're destructive, because they're not leading people towards God, towards Jesus. And they're, we're allowing people to operate in truths that are actually destructive and hurtful and, and taking them like these horses, right? All sorts of directions. Now, how you go about and approach somebody that is a totally different notion. I'm not going to hit on that today. I want to talk about our hearts. I want to talk about those of us that know Jesus and that he is a source of our truth. So that's where we're going today. Um, there's a study I saw as well uh, about millennials, and it said millennials believe um, I forget the percentage, it was pretty high, it was over 50%, um, that the highest good is finding oneself and living by his or her perception of right. That that is the highest good. And I'll be honest, when I hear that, I'm like, that sounds so great. Like, finding yourself and living, oh, uh-oh, by your perception of right. Well, what does that mean? So at first, it sounds really great, and I want people to thrive, right? Flourishing woman, empowered men, like, I want people to, like, be alive, by what perception of right? By, by what, what is truth? What is truth? What is this measure? Because if this measure is based on some human perspective, then I'm telling you, we're missing eternal greatness. We're missing the very thing that Jesus died for, that we would eternally be with him and that what we do now would matter. Because if what we do is just right in our sight and it's not right in his, it does not matter. It does not matter. And I do not want myself or my kids or any of you to live a life that doesn't matter. I don't. So if there is this real truth, which I'm saying there is, then we have a responsibility as men and women of God to seek the Lord to understand what is true, what is right, what is good. There's a responsibility, and I believe the Spirit of God in us is calling out, crying out for us to know and discern what's true, what's right, to seek his face and know him, and know him. And I'm telling you, when I was, when I was a kid, right, I was in high school, and uh, I didn't, we're always asking this question through most of our life, especially in high school, who am I? Who am I? Why am I here? What is going on? And I remember crying in the, out to the Lord in the fields behind my house, right? I'm this kid. I'm, like, totally, like, addicted to a lot of nonsense, like, willing to do any drug I can get to, like, get me out of this 
feeling of insignificance, right, to, to get me in a, to have a greater sense of purpose or just to numb me out, right? And I'm crying out to God in the fields behind my house. God, like, who am I? Why am I here? Why do I exist? Show me who I am. Show me what's true. And he, and he did. And he, he came into my life at 18 and established that you're my son. I, I love you. I will always love you, regardless of what you did in this season, regardless of what you will do. I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm your father. And he spoke that to me at 18. But how many of you know, I got to hear that every day. That moment is powerful, and it's my testimony. But it's a daily thing to seek the Lord and to know truth and to know who we are. It's something we don't stop doing. It's something we don't obtain. Like, it's something that's continual. And that's where health comes in. And that's where mental health, flour- that's where we can flourish, right? Because we're continuing to agree with truth. And we're continuing to agree with who God says we are. Instead of taking on all the ideas, all the slander, all the whatever it may be, all the circumstances that come in our life and speak a different word. We say, God, you are truth. And we'll agree with what you say. So my prayer is that this would be our continual cry. And we, we even prayed two weeks ago, we built out on this hunger. And that hunger is in part, I want to know you, God, and I want to know me. I want to know me. Who, how, why did you make me? Who are you, God? And that hunger is, is a continual thing that it, it, it doesn't end. <laughs> it never ends, just like who he is never ends. We, we learn more and more of him every day. He's consistent and steadfast, but we grow in the knowledge of him every day. So I have here three truths about truth that I want to that I want to dig into a bit, but it's really playing off of what I just said up here. So three truths about truth. Number one, Jesus is the truth. The truth. Not your truth, not my truth. He's the truth. He's not dependent on anything. He's, he's Jesus. So this is um, John chap- or 1 John 5, verse 18 through 21. I'm reading from the um, New Living or not New Living, New King James Version. I'm going to read a lot of scripture, you guys, and because, you know, the truth is actually in the word of God. Like, by his spirit, we can understand the truth, and it's when we read the word of God, it renews our mind, and the spirit of God has something to move on, has something to, to connect our heart with. So this is 1 John 5, 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and given us an understanding. That's good. And we know the Son of God has come and giving us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. So there's a lot of true in here, right? There's a lot of things that are stated as truth. Now it starts off, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Now that one can trip you up because you're like, shoot, I sinned yesterday. It was mean to my wife and my kids, you know, even saw it. Um, but this is not our norm in God. When we walk in truth, when we walk with him, our norm is now not to sin. It's not our nature in him. 
So while before we were slaves to sin, in Christ, you're no longer a slave. And that means sin. That means sin's not your master. But it says, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Isn't that good? If you're in God, the wicked one does not touch you. Receive that one. The wicked one does not touch you. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So we're of God, but the world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That's important to note. That means that every desire that enters your mind, you probably shouldn't agree with. Because the world's under the sway of the wicked one. The world is sinful and fallen and will try to sway you into its ways. Satan wants to sway you into his ways. Therefore, don't follow every desire. Don't, when somebody says, you know, you should just be who you, be who you are. It's like, who am I? Not, what, what do I burn for and feel passionate about? That doesn't mean that's who you are. The world will try to tell you who you are, and it's up to us to follow our guide, Jesus, and disagree with every lie and know what's good and know what's evil. That's our part. That's why we desire truth. Verse 20, we know that we are sons of God, that we, we know that the Son of God has come and given us an understanding, that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true true in his son Jesus Christ and this is the true God and eternal life I want to read John chapter John chapter 1 verse 17 through 18 for the law was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ Jesus is truth he is truth he embodies truth truth is a person it's embodied by Jesus Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God at any time, only the begotten Father, only the begotten Son, who is, what? In the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. Why is Jesus truth? Because he's in the bosom of the Father. That's why he's truth, because he's seen the Father, and nobody else has seen him. But Jesus has, <laughs> and we're in Jesus. This is good, and we have the truth. We have it. We have it. I don't have to convince. We, I don't have to make some intellectual argument. Jesus lives in me by the Holy Spirit. He's seen the Father. Therefore, I have truth. I can discern and know the Father through Jesus. John 14, verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not only is Jesus the truth, but Jesus, the truth, is saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's an important truth. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. That's not fun to say in New York. People don't like that truth. They love when you love them the way Jesus loves them. But if you tell them that he's the only way, that makes, that makes people upset. Um, it just does. <laughs> How much more so do we need to love them, but not withhold that truth? Don't withhold it, because that's loving. John 15, 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch can bear, cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We must remain in him. That's how we stay in truth. 
Point number two, this is the third truth about truth. The spirit declares the truth. Point number one, Jesus is the truth. The spirit declares the truth. A key component in truth is the spirit of God. So this is John 14, verse 15 through 18. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I love that last part. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Spirit of God confirms that we're not orphans. It cries out, Abba, Father, and it releases wisdom and understanding and truth on the inside of us. So when, when you're feeling confused, you don't have to go to Google. We don't have to go to our phones. We can go to the Spirit of God, the source of truth, who lives and dwells in us. And let me tell you, my wife can tell when I go to Google or when I go to God. She can tell. Because if I'm dealing with something and I'm struggling, right, and I'm like, I just need a minute, and I just go and look up sports scores and read, you know, about the latest political, you know, news, and I come back, I'm not changed. <laughs> I might be more frustrated. I might say, gosh, like, you know, this, this, this city or this, you know, this team is frustrating me. And my focus hasn't, my, there's nothing that's been transformed in me because truth will set you free. But just knowledge and just, you know, gaining understanding, it, it, it doesn't set you free. It doesn't impact your heart. So she'll know the difference. And I'll get to that a little later. Not about my problems, but probably. Um, so John 14, verse 25 through 27. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Man, that's good. And bring to you remembrance of all things that I said to you. Peace I leave you with. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance. There's an implication there that we're going to forget, that the disciples were going to forget. How crazy is that, right? You're with Jesus, and he's, you know, doing all this stuff, and he's blowing your mind, and he's like, you know what? You're actually going to forget, but it's okay. I'm going to bring the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you everything you need to know. It's going to be awesome, but you're going to forget a lot of this stuff. You're going to get intimidated. The world's going to throw some stuff at you that you don't know what to do with, but the Holy Spirit in you is going to remind you what's true and what's right and what's good, and that's why we got to go to Holy Spirit. That's, that's why when you read the Bible, you don't just read it as a textbook. You read it with God because you're in God, and he lives in you, and he translates his word to you. It doesn't mean he gives you some interpretation that's weird or off the ball. He just shows you what's important to you right then and there. He highlights things on the page. He reveals truth because he's a spirit of truth. John 16, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Isn't that interesting? Even the Holy Spirit, who is God, won't speak on his own authority, but what he hears. The Father is instructing Holy Spirit, just like he instructed Jesus. He hears, what he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is of mine 
and declare it to you. And all the things the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will take what's of Jesus and declare it to you. If, this, if what you're hearing is not leading you to Jesus, that is not the Holy Spirit. That is how you discern. And that's how you know how to take a thought captive. Is this leading me to Jesus? Because he only is going to talk about Jesus. That's his thing. He's the Holy Spirit. Like, he's the spirit of truth. Jesus is truth, and he's going to talk about Jesus. Last night, I was with my daughter. She's four. She was going to bed. We were just, you know, saying our prayers, saying our good nights. The Spirit of God comes on my daughter. She starts singing all these songs. Let me tell you, they weren't about Barney. They weren't about Daniel Tiger. They were about Jesus, every single one of them. That's all she could sing. That's all she could talk about. She was like, Daddy, can we, can we think more about Jesus? Where is Jesus? What would he say? What would he do? The Spirit of God is saying that regularly. Like, so if you're, if you're not hearing that, if you're being led to things that are just selfish gain and not glorifying Jesus to personal glory and not the glorification of God, you know you might be, need to tweak your hearing. <laughs> yeah. And don't be upset or frustrated. Just put that thing underneath you. Just let your father speak truth and let lies have no hold on your life. So we can discern. We can discern his voice, and the, and the word helps us to make that distinction. All right, point number three. So point number one, Jesus is the truth, the truth. Point number two, the spirit declares the truth. Point number three, the truth sets you free. That's why I love truth. That's why truth's not some rod or not some, this, this mean correction. Truth is what sets us free. Truth is what really lights our world on fire. Truth is what you desire, is what I desire more than I realize it. I need the God of truth to reveal truth to me. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have, been, we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Isn't that so good? Like, truth seems like so scary sometimes, but when you know it's a, you're a son, God can speak some things to you that are kind of like, you know, personal, you know? I'll be honest with you. I'm going to go off my notes here. So yesterday I was in the car with, with Vanessa, and we were having some sort of, we were trying to decide where we were going to go with our kids. And, and I was being kind of short with her, and I didn't realize it. And I was saying, oh, you know, like, you know, I want to go to Playland, and why don't you want to go to Playland? Playland's great. Like, we should just go there. And, and she was saying, I don't know if we have time. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have time? And I was just being really short and cutting, and I didn't realize it. And Vanessa, she says, like, hold up, like, you can't talk to me like that. Like, do you see what you're doing? Like, this is what you, this is what your dad does. Like, this is what, you, I've seen this modeled, like, to you, and now you're doing it. And let me tell you, that stung. Like, that really stung, because it was true, right? But her heart was to, 
to have that, that shift, right? To, to be respected and honored. And, and her, her heart was, was dead on. But in the moment, she wanted to keep talking, and I was like, I'm done talking. Like, I'm mad. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to talk. Like, so I'm just driving. I'm just like, we're going to Playland. Heck with this. Like, <laughs> so, but my point being, like, I needed that truth. But it, it's, it's not fun in the moment. But, but it actually helps set me free. Because when I see it, now I, I don't, I'm not going to model it anymore. I'm not, and, and when I see it, and the Holy Spirit rides on that, right, and says to me, you need to listen to your wife. You're not loving your wife the way I want you to love her, and you, I want you to break these things that you've seen, these, these mind. These are things that happen in the back of our mind, these mental issues, right, that we never see. But when somebody says it in love, and, the, and, you're, and we're receptive to the Spirit of God, we're saying, Jesus, be my guide. Show me truth. That's the key, right? You can, you can hear truth all day long. If, you don't, if you're not following the, the guide of Holy Spirit, you're going to miss it. You're going to keep running with your horse. You're going to go down the water. You're going to go grab whatever satisfies you in the moment instead of what God wants to speak to you. Because we need to say, God, I'm after you. I'm not after this temporary satisfaction. I want truth. And when we act like that and operate like that, when truth comes, even when it's packaged in a really bad way, you'll receive it, right? You'll receive it. Even if my wife yells at me and says, you're... You're an idiot. Like, why would you ever talk like this? Even then, God will show me. There's a, sort of, there's a seed of truth in there. Grab a hold of it. It'll set you free. Romans 16, verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, note, those who cause division and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by smooth words and flattery speech, they deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good, simple concerning evil, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. See, the first part, it was like, oh, man, like, be careful. They're following their own belly. And the second part, we got excited, right? Because it says, therefore, I'm glad, but, but I want you to be wise in what is good, simple concerning evil, and then what? And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. When you engage with truth, when you're wise to what is good and you're simple concerning evil, you're not caught up in evil, it says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. So when I'm led by my belly and I'm thinking about myself, I'm, I'm not discerning what is good. I'm not rejecting what is evil. I'm actually limiting myself from experiencing this, the God of peace crushing Satan under your feet. Man, I want that every day. Isn't that so good? And, but to get that, I've got to agree with what God's saying. I've got to agree with truth. I think sometimes we want God to crush things, but we're holding on to lies. It's like, God, just would you just crush it? And he's like, would you let go of it? Then I'll crush it. <laughs> I mean, I'm preaching to myself. Um, we got to let go and let him crush it. And being, it's really interesting, that concept, though. Be simple with what is evil, right? And hold on to what is good. Sometimes we're looking for way too much evil in the world, like, and, like, I've subscribed to different things I'll read or listen to. And after a while, I'm like, i got to put that down because it's searching for evil in the world and saying, what is God doing? I want to partner with it. 
Like, that's a totally different mentality, and it, it will set us free. Um, so this is my last scripture, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land the plane here. Uh, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Remember, I'm still on the topic of the truth sets you free. This is the topic. So finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever are noble, whatever things are just, whatever, are pu- whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there is any virtue and there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. When we agree with truth, when we focus on it, when we, when we put our eyes on what's lovely and good, and when we do these things, the God of peace. I wonder if sometimes God is like, if you just step into what I said, if you just, just obey me, man, I'm going to come and bring peace. I'm going to crush that lie. But I need you just to take the step with me. Just partner with me in this. Take a little step. Because some of us are overachievers and we do too much, but some of us, we don't, we don't just take a little step. You know, we, we just like, God, just move on my behalf. Just do it. And he's like, just take a little step. Like, I'm going to crush darkness. I'm going to crush it. Just take a little step in faith. Do this. Agree with my truth and watch me come. But sometimes unless we agree, he won't come. That's just true. Sometimes unless we agree, he's got no place to move. And other times he'll just move because he's God and he does what he wants to do. He'll just move and he'll bring truth and clarity and you won't do a thing. But we have to walk in the spirit to know what he's asking of us. And by his grace, we're going to say yes. Um, Worship team, could you all come up? The reality is when we go to the Lord, things have to change and things have to shift. And truth is all he can say. He's the spirit of truth. So, you know, sometimes, especially in New York, you just like, like, you might hear well, actually, New York doesn't happen as much. Maybe in other places. In New York, people tell you what's, what they think, you know. <laughs> so that knowledge doesn't apply. But sometimes we just want to know what's what, what's up, what's down. Give me the truth. And what I love about God is he always does. He, that's his nature. He's the spirit of truth. And he is, he is where we have to turn in every situation, in every situation, in every situation, in every situation. In every situation, we have to turn to the Lord. And that's what's going to solve all the anguish of her heart. I'm telling you. I, this week, my daughter, my other daughter, Lilu, she's two. And she was in, she, she ran in one morning. It was like 8 o'clock. She ran to her bedroom. And she went running in there. And she was just like kind of whining and whimpering and frustrated, you know. So I came in. And she's like, no, daddy, no. Get out. No, daddy. And she's just like, you know bossing me around, telling me to get out of the room. And, but I knew, and this is a shout out to my wife because she taught me this tactic. I knew that what she wanted was connection. That's what she wanted. So even though her words, and sometimes we're like this with the Lord, right? God, get, like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to engage. But he comes in our room, right? And he, he just sits there. And that's what the Lord told me to do. He's like, just sit there. Just sit there. So I came, and I sat there. She kept saying, Daddy, leave. Daddy, get out of here. I don't want to be near you. <laughs> and then slowly she began to calm down, and she stopped. She stopped yelling at me. She just kind of sitting there. I'm just sitting there. I'm not saying anything. Just there. And I said, hey, Lilu, do you want to read a book? 
said, okay, Dad. Okay. I'll read a book. So we open up a book. We're spending time together. I don't know what we're reading. Something silly. And let me tell you, all that anxiety, all that worry, all that angst in her heart, it's gone. Sometimes truth comes just by being with your father. You may not even hear a specific word or get a certain knowledge or insight, but when you're with your father, it calms your heart. It does things that no knowledge could do. It unlocks the anxiety and fear of our heart. And if you even see what we were reading here, it talks so much about the God of peace, right? The God of peace. He's flooding in your room. <laughs> and our posture is just God come. God come. God, I want truth, and I know it's packaged in you. So I want you. So let's all stand up. And we're just going to ask God to come. There's no agenda here of trying to figure out, like, what's bad. Like, our agenda is God come. God reveal yourself to us. We are children before a good and loving father. And I just declare that over each of you. You have a good and loving father who you can turn to. He is the God of truth, and what he says to you will benefit you. It will grow you. It's what's best for you. Father, we come to you as children. So as we go into this time of worship, just posture yourself like a child, just to come before him. Invite him into, the, into different places in your heart. I feel like there's places in our hearts, right, that, that we, even want, we even wanted God to, to touch. And he just says, invite me in, invite me in, invite me in. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak, to come bring your peace, bring your clarity, bring your wisdom. Come have your way.